in Westlake, Ohio. This is the Reverend Dr. Paul Hasselbeck, and I am delighted to be with you. And thank you for inviting me today. So let's get romping. First, please just sit back, relax, enjoy yourself. And if you want to get a hold of me in some way, my email address is alberthasselbeck at gmail.com. My website is paulhasselbeck.com. And the website for my podcast is metaphysicalromp2.com that I do and create with the Reverend Doctors Bill and Cher Holden. So let's get romping. So, the theme, Open to the Divine, is such a good one. And this talk is entitled, God and You, and of course, it's by me. And, to put it more in line with the theme, we can say, the Divine and You. So let's get going with that. So, I'm going to ask a couple questions. The Divine, is it a who or a what? And you, are you a who or a what? And does it make a difference? By the end of this presentation, I hope you have some clarity about what I believe about it. So here we go. So those two little guys there at the bottom of the screen want to say, I have many unanswered questions. And his buddy says, great, I have many unquestioned answers. And really, friends, it's our unquestioned answers that are a problem. Unanswered questions are far less dangerous than unquestioned answers. And what are those answers? Well, those answers are usually beliefs we formulated sometime in the process of our growing up. And what's a belief? It's something that is accepted and considered to be true or held as an opinion. So we all have these beliefs. So, what are some unquestioned answers or unquestioned beliefs? Well, this is a big one. God loves you. God knows everything. God is all-powerful. And the ever-popular, God gives us money, things, and partners. After all, probably the whole world is beseeching God for something right now. And so this quote, this is from the Gospel of Thomas, seven number two. Jesus said, Let him who seeks continue seeking until he finds. This sounds very familiar, much like the quote that can be found in the Christian scriptures. However, it goes on in a very important way. When he finds, he will become troubled. When he becomes troubled, he will become astonished and he will rule over all. So this idea, when he, when you, or I find, we become troubled, this is very, very important. Because the way our neurology works, the way our brain works in conjunction with our consciousness, is when we become troubled, that the brain goes on alert. And when it's on alert, that sets it up for a process that allows neuro-restructuring neuroplasticity to happen while we sleep. So, if you get troubled by this talk, that's a good thing. And so, God, the divine, is it a who or what? Well, there's a picture of God, a very traditional one, 
and if you're like me, this is the one I believed in for a good part of my lifetime. But Myrtle Fillmore had another idea. Rather than holding to the view that God is a personal being with parts like man, a being subject to change and capable of varying moods, now let's stop right there. Notice she's saying, rather than considering God to be a personal being that looks like us, and like us is subject to change and capable of varying moods, now, that's the way my God was. She goes on to say, God is it, neither male nor female, but principle. So, Myrtle Fillmore, sometimes called the mother of unity, she believed God was principle. And her husband, co-founder of unity, Charles Fillmore, said this, By the term mind, we mean God, the universal principle which includes all principles. So you might be asking what a principle is. Well, in this context, it's both a faculty and a law. So God is the universal principle which includes all spiritual faculties or divine ideas and divine laws. So from that quote, we have three synonyms for God, mind, God, and principle. And if we add this quote, we get a fourth one. Charles shared this in Talks on Truth. Yet there is but one I am. It cannot be cut into parts. It is principle. Now, did you notice that part where it says, it cannot be cut into parts? So listen, friends. The divine, the divinity at you is not a spark, is not a drop, is not a wave. It's no piece of God. It is the entirety of the divine is present at the point of you. So we have principle as God, we have principle as mind, and principle is the I am. So, when you look at those terms, is that referencing a who or a what? Well, I believe it's a what. Eric Butterworth had this great quote, God is spirit present in its entirety at every point in space, all at the same time. We could say our divinity, or that divinity, is present in its entirety at every point in space, all at the same time. So the reason why I said my divinity or our divinity or that divinity is identical everywhere. So this is what makes us one. This idea that this divinity is everywhere present. And think about this. The human body has 37.2 trillion cells. So observe that the 37.2 trillion points in you. And each of those has the entirety of the divine, the entirety of principle. Every principle and law is present at each and every one of ourselves. And Charles said it this way, the whole, excuse me, this is Eric the whole of infinite mind is present at the point of mind. Not a part, not a piece, 
not a spark, not a wave, the entirety. Think of the magnitude of that. And so, going along this way, speaking of, you might get trouble. Would it trouble you if God does not love us? Would it trouble you if God is not all powerful? Would it trouble you if God does not give us money or things or cars or anything like that? So, think about these quotes. This comes from prosperity. God does not give us material things but money substance. Not money, but ideas. So God can't give us things or money or cars or anything else. The only thing God provides is ideas. And in fact, the divine is ideas. Because idea is a synonym for principle. What about this? This comes from Charles. God is not loving. God is the principle of love, from which is drawn forth feeling, sympathy, and emotion. And where is that principle of love? In each of your 37.2 trillion cells. And he goes on to say, yet God does not love anybody or anything. God is the principle of love in everybody and everything. Think about that. So then we learn that God is the principle of power. So God does not exercise power. Man is powerful. God is not powerful. In fact, in a very curious and wonderful quote, Charles said, God is power. And you and I, if we send it out in hate, it destroys. If we send it out in love, it builds. There's not two powers. There is two ways of using power. And that power is present in every one of your 37.2 trillion cells. So then we have this quote that starts with a quote from Jesus, from Charles Fillmore. Jesus said, you must know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I've heard that forever, and I'm sure you have too. Charles tweaked this. I got to finish your nuts and Bryce. He said, the truth about yourself, this is fundamental to Unity's teachings. So, we've already determined that God is a what? So, who or what are we? So, let us look at that. Charles said in Keep the True Land, we must know who and what we are. So Charles knew we were who and what, so we must know that, or we can at least consider it. I hope it doesn't trouble you. And then he goes on to say, people can never exercise dominion until they know who and what they are. Charles is saying, we must know who we are, our personality, and what we are, our divinity. And when we don't know that, we do not exercise dominion. What is dominion? That idea of mastery, that idea of personal authority. And then we have this quote. The I am is the metaphysical name of the spiritual self as distinguished from the human self. Notice Charles is saying our spiritual self is the I am, and that that is different and distinguished from our human self. 
So, here we go again to the equations. Principle is mind. Principle is God. Principle is the I am. The I am is the spiritual self. So, doing a simple algebra, that means our spiritual self must be principle and God or mind. So, we have within us everything that is within the universal. Every one of those principles, every one of those spiritual laws, all of those spiritual divine ideas is already within us. And yes, at every one of our 37.2 trillion cells. And that's important we talk about this thing we call the ego when we're talking about who and what we are. So our ego or our personality is the who of us. Charles says in the revealing word that the ego is the I. That's who we're referring to when we say I. The ego is humankind. And by reason of its stability, notice that. Charles is keeping that idea of our personality and our humanity together. By reason of our personality's divinity, the ego makes and remakes as it will. You see, we use the divine to manifest our personality, to manifest our ego. And then he goes on to say, in this lie, the ego's greatest strength and its greatest weakness. Why? Because from our ego, from our personality, the choice is ours. And whatever it is we're making and remaking, the raw materials, the raw resources, is our divinity. It's those principles and laws. We're using principles and laws to our greatest advantage and to our greatest weakness. So, when we use them one way, we get a great outcome. When we use another way, we get a weak outcome. So, remember, a little while back, I just said, there, you could say it this way, there is only one power, there's only one principle of power. If we send it out in hate, it destroys. If we send it in, out in love, it builds. There's only one power. There's only that principle which contains all principles. And we determine how we use it, resulting in what the outcome might be. Isn't that an amazing thing? What Charles is essentially saying is the responsibility is ours. The responsibility is ours. So it's important for us to be conscious of these principles of divine ideas and laws, so we can use them consciously instead of erroneously and get those weakest outcomes. So, I love this little picture of baby Jesus walking on the bath water and his mother Mary is saying, get in. Jesus is demonstrating his humanity and his divinity in a comical way. And so, we are fully human and we are fully divine. You are 100% human and you are 100% divine. 
Well, look at this. None of us ever expresses all of the possibilities of being a human. We don't express the full range of what's possible as a human being. And while we are fully divine, we don't express the entirety of the divine. We use those principles and laws in selective ways. So, so in our divinity, we are wondrously infinite. In our humanity, we are distinctly finite. You see, we're infinite and we're finite. We're abstract and we're concrete. We're unformed and we're formed all at the same time. And the bottom line is we're using our divinity to manifest our humanity, which includes our bodies. And so each of us is a who and what that is inseparable. Your humanity cannot exist without your divinity. And remember, your divinity isn't something doing something to you. It's you using these divine ideas and principles to do and think and feel and move and have a body and all of that. And so, God and you, divine and you, well, you've learned that that God is a what, your divinity is the what of you, and he's, there's not a who, I can say he, God is not a he, God is not a who, we're a who, our humanity is a who, and we're divine, our divinity is divine. And when we know that, we can take better control of our lives and manifest better lives. And I see you doing that from this day forward. Thank you for listening. And as you're breathing in and breathing out, let us have some time in meditation. <laughs> 